From BGS and Osiris Media, you're listening to The Shift List, where chefs talk about the music that fills their kitchens, restaurants, and recipes. I'm Chris Jacobs. This week on the show, I sit down with rum purveyor and exotic cocktail expert, Martin Kate. He's the founder and owner of Smuggler's Cove, my personal favorite tiki bar in the world, and co-owner of Hale Pele in Portland, Oregon, False Idol in San Diego, and a partner in Chicago's Lost Lake. He's also the James Beard award-winning author, along with his wife, Rebecca Kate, of Smuggler's Cove, Exotic Cocktails, Rum, and the Cult of Tiki. If there's one book you need to own about tiki cocktails and rum in general, this is the one. So if you haven't noticed, Tiki's having a major renaissance all across the U.S. right now, and it's due in no small part to Martin Kate's elevation and dedication to the form. As Martin likes to put it, quote, Tiki is a multidisciplinary genre. It's not just about the cocktails, it's about creating an atmosphere. All the elements need to come together seamlessly, and when something is missing or discordant, it takes you out of the experience. And central to this experience in any tiki bar worth its salt is the music. As he writes in the Smuggler's Cove book, along with exotica and other lounge music, the tiki sound incorporates hapa haole, which is traditional Hawaiian music with lyrics sung in English, as well as the sounds of surf music, which, as Martin will explain in our conversation, was actually countercultural to the greatest generation that made tiki explode in its first wave of popularity back in the 1960s. Martin Kate is as enthusiastic about the experience that you have when you enter and drink at Smuggler's Cove as he is about the rum. The bar currently has the largest collection of rum anywhere in the U.S., 800 bottles and counting. So I'm not going to extend this introduction any more than I have to. I will just make one programming note. You may notice some background noise in this episode, which is due to the microphones picking up the hum of an ice machine downstairs at Smuggler's Cove. Martin and I had this conversation in the third story hut portion of the bar, and it was so cool to see Smuggler's Cove with all the lights on, by the way. Uh, And my microphone's battery pack unexpectedly died at the beginning of our conversation, so my trusty iPhone recorded the first portion of our talk, so you might notice a recognizable shift in audio quality a few minutes in before we found some replacement batteries. That said, it's still one of my favorite conversations that I've had on this show, so without further ado, here he is, Martin Kate and the music of Smuggler's Cove. So my name is Martin Kate, and you're in Smuggler's Cove, San Francisco. Uh, this is my um, flagship venue. We're a classic tiki bar designed with a nautical bent to the uh, design and aesthetic. We feature the largest selection of rums in the United States, uh, close to 800 right now. And we have a menu featuring 82 cocktails that celebrates a broad spectrum of rum history, of course, heavily uh, laden with the drinks of the golden era of of Polynesian pop, exotic cocktails from the 1930s to the 1960s, as well as traditional Caribbean drinks, colonial tavern drinks, pirate drinks, Royal Navy drinks, uh, modern rum mixology, and, uh, and more, so that we can celebrate a spirit that's not just 30 years old, but a spirit that's 300 years old. So the idea in with tiki decor, you're looking at a mishmash of, uh, of decorative arts and crafts, inclusive of things like woven matting, like backpack and lahala matting. You're looking at bamboo, of course, palm cape thatch, wood, um, fishnets, things like this, all these decorative elements. So <clears throat> when you're building a tiki bar, you can take all the kind of the basics and you can put in a bunch of fake plants and you can kind of mm-hmm. skew it towards the jungle. You can skew it more heavily towards uh, tiki art with actual more and more tikis. You can skew things in different ways. So in this case, ours is, is bent towards the nautical side of tiki. 
You know, one of the things, you know, Trader Vic used to say, lots of, lots of decorations means lots of conversations. And, uh, and it's true. People, there's one, it's one of the reasons we love, um, you know, being a place for, it's great for first dates, it's great for birthdays, it's great for office groups. Celebrations. Whatever it is, because there's always something to talk about. What's that? Do you think those fish are real? What's that? Where's that weapon from? What's that, uh, what's that mean? Or what's the, who carved this? Or what, you know, so there's always something to talk about. Fortunately, there is already a soundtrack for tiki bars, the exotica genre. And the exotica genre is absolutely just flawlessly tailor-made for an, a, an imagined escapist experience, which is absolutely wonderful because we have these, these songs are designed to be evocative and transportive and are designed to create a mood and an atmosphere. But the point being, this, this wonderful genre of exotica you know, makes its appearance with Les Baxter, and um, he creates this really unusual sonic palette by writing these very lush, kind of symphonic pieces that are very much kind of inspired by the sort of the romance of like Stravinsky's music, mm -hmm. and but then adds these adds really interesting instrumentation. Does his research, learns more about Southeast Asian and uh, instrumentation and percussion and things like that, and, and puts it into it. Les's stuff is really amazing and creates this whole, the idea of creating this atmospheric symphonic score. It's almost like the soundtrack to a South Pacific uh, romance yeah. film or something. And then Martin Denny comes along, takes Les's signature composition, Quiet Village, and then pairs it back to this combo and it brings in let, so there's no strings anymore, and he just brings in the piano, the percussion, the bass, guitar, and he brings in a little bit more jazz flavor to it. He brings in a little bit more crazy percussion, uh, Indonesian gamelan music, um, all kinds of interesting stuff. And of course, he started doing the bird calls and things, and started making the sound effects. Now, having said that, Smuggler's Cove leans heavily on exotica, probably more than any other genre, but we, just like our menu mission is to tell a broader story mm -hmm. of rum, our music tells a broader story too, uh, because we wanted to reach out a little bit beyond exotica. So there's a lot of 1960s Jamaican R&B, for example. Yeah, there's a little bit of soca, there's some calypso. So there's some stuff from rum-producing countries. Then there's more. There's also more Hawaiian music, Hapahaole music. And then there's also uh, just some jazz, uh, some bossa nova. You should care for me. There's a little bit of surf which is, uh, I think, important to have some in, but it's, it's not the music of the era, it's the youth music of the era. Whereas tiki, of, the 60s. of the 60s, whereas tiki bars are fairly firmly establishment. The day-to-day -day, uh, guest of the tiki bar was the greatest generation. That's who was really went to tiki bars. It's the, it's the kids, the boomers, who were, who were listening to surf, yeah. not 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 uh, greatest generation. So they, 
that is, you know, they were the ones who inspired and expanded the growth of tiki restaurants across the United States based on their experiences in the Pacific Theater in particular and their love of, of island culture and, and spurned on by Hawaiian statehood and, mm-hmm. and their travels to Hawaii. Because yeah. kids don't want to do what their parents did, you know, and every generation wants to twi- turn on their parents a little bit, and boomers didn't get their kicks in tiki bars. Boomers almost killed this thing. They almost, they nearly did. They brought it to the brink of extinction. So we put in a little bit of that because there's a little bit of modern expectation. We're kind of rolling, we're kind of rolling the era up a little bit because it's kind of exciting. There's a lot of artists working in the exotica genre now. Yeah, talk to me about that. I would love well, to Well, there's know. a whole new wave of them. There's um, uh, Ixtahuele is an extremely talented group of musicians from uh, from Sweden um, who are, uh, are, are are absolutely you know impeccably versed in exotica and, and perform originals that that speak perfectly to the, speak perfectly to the era. I mean, speaking of, it's just kind of funny how it's how. All, how all of these things have become so interesting to musicians all over the world. There's a wonderful surf act out of, actually a couple of great surf acts out of Belgium. There's, you've got this outstanding Hapahali band uh, out of Japan called the Sweet Holly Lions, who are, if you've ever seen them perform, it just, you're just, you've got to pick your job off the floor. The talent is off the charts. Um, Tikiaki Orchestra, based out of L.A., is a, is a fantastic modern exotica combo. It's pretty thriving right now, which is great. We also do get a lot of mileage out of, and it's funny, but it's true, but we get a lot of mileage out of the, probably the most requested or most noticed songs we play as a, a lounge, an album of lounge covers of, of Star Wars themes. And it's, it's hysterical because people always stop and go, what is, that sounds like the Imperial March, but it's, but it's like on vibes. The band is called Evil Genius Orchestra, and it's called Cocktails, Cocktails in the Cantina, and uh, it's very entertaining. Album. Uh, there's a great uh, performer um, goes by the name of Richard Cheese, who does parody songs, but he has a wonderful uh, Hawaiian alter ego called Johnny Aloha, and Johnny Johnny Aloha does all these great sort of um, cover songs done in, in sort of uh, lounge Hawaiian exotica style, but they're things like 90s hip-hop songs done that way, and they're very entertaining. I'm the kind of G the little homies want to be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light, been spending most of their lives living in the gangsters' paradise. So people always, it's just one of those ones where people kind of stop and go, is that, is that a cover of, that's weird, you know, that's kind of fun. Power and the money, money and the power, minute after minute. There's some nerd-ass music in here. I'm a gangster, said tripping banger, and my brothers is... Oh, also, any song I can, almost, almost any song I can get my hands on about rum, 
I put on this playlist, um, which there's not a lot, but there's a couple great ones. Okay. Um, any song that I can get my hands on about smuggling. So yes, it does very incongruously periodically. Uh, Glenn Fry's Smuggler's Blues does appear on this playlist. Because, Which hell, is hell, obs- yeah. and that's obscure enough. <laughs> it's obscure enough. I mean, unless you're a real connoisseur of the Miami Vice soundtrack, it's it's reasonably obscure song. <laughs> and oh, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention uh, there is actually a song written about us. Uh, which I play uh, by a wonderful band called The Crazed Mugs out of Florida, and they wrote a song called Smuggler's Cove, and it has a kind of a sea shanty vibe, um, and uh, it's uh, it's very exciting to be uh, somebody's muse. <laughs> so. What I was saying was that we're sort of weirdly a combination of famous and yes, and um, I don't know what the other word is. Infamous, hated. I don't know what it is. Here's why. Um, what for the music specifically? For the, well, or lack thereof. And here's why. Okay. When people come in, and you'll see when the door opens at five. And actually, this is really incredibly bad timing because our speakers blew out upstairs. So there's actually no music upstairs tonight. <laughs> but normally there's a little. But let me give you a little backstory. When I opened this place, when I bought it, there were probably seven speakers up here and there were five speakers down below and there were speakers in the bathroom. So the thing is, I, I have neighbors right here. So oh. I have uh, people living... Uh, there's this, folks upstairs. Yeah, there's folks... This is all apartments, this building. Oh, so all of the speakers that were mounted flush in the walls were transmitting too much bass. Oh, my God, okay. So we said, okay, so I'll take down... I'll take the speakers out of the bathrooms. Then they kept complaining, no, it's still too much noise. Um, then we come down and knock on the, on the wall, hey, come on, man. So then I you know, disabled all the bass from everything, so everything's really low on the bass. Then the speakers downstairs, we hung on the rubber bumpers, suspension bumpers that absorb vibrations. So we are now finally keeping everyone happy. We have three speakers downstairs, which is weird. Um, <laughs> Um, but most of the recordings are mono anyway, so yeah. And, um, yeah, right. and just two speakers upstairs. And that's it. So there's very little music. Downstairs is tough because the speakers are right next to your head because it's a low ceiling. Yep. So it's hard to like just kind of project music in the room. So you kind of end up in kind of sound hotspots. In, in upstairs you come in and there's nice music playing when you walk in. But here's the deal. We come in and the music's playing and the atmosphere is going. But we don't let, we don't, we don't let the music, we don't fight the crowd. In other words, a lot of places when it starts getting louder and everyone gets drunker, we raise the volume of music, but then it becomes a, a battle. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes war. Then it's people screaming over music. Then it's just thunders. Then you can't be conversational. My priority is that people can be conversational. I like atmospheric music, but I do want people to engage with each, with each other yeah. and converse. So what happens is eventually the, by 9 o'clock or so, the music is lost. The battle. It's lost the war. It's still in the room. It's, it's there. Yeah. But if you're not, unless you're right next to one of those downstairs speakers, mm-hmm. you're probably going to lose it, and it just it sort of fades away. So we will frequently get bad reviews that say, "I wish this place had music." <laughs> so that's where I say, like people come in, they go, "I love the music," but then they go, "Like oh, what music?" <laughs> so it sort of depends when you're here, right? Which I know this is like a really, you know, you're going, "Wow, I should never have interviewed this guy." He's, this, 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 this is like this terrible situation here. This is where you'll find our bones. In the caves of Smuggler's Cove This is where you'll find our bones In the caves
Well, one of the reasons we, you know, there's no televisions, there's no video games, there's nothing, to, there's no windows. They're all been blocked out. Yeah. I want you to, most people are, are stressed, have hard jobs, work their asses off, long hours, and are perpetually tethered to, perpetually tethered to their telephones um, and tethered to little screens, whether they want to be or not. Uh, oftentimes, because your boss now has access to you and to your pocket. All the time. So boundaries, yep. boundaries between home and work tend to be blurred, I think, in a way that's not healthy for people. And so, as some sociologists have talked about bars being that third place, there has to be a place away from home and work. There's that place where you're, where you feel the, where you can feel comfortable without the stresses of home life or work life so we really want to be that third place and so we try to minimize those distractions so that you can come in here enjoy the drink let that first sip of rum just go down and feel it kind of your shoulders kind of settle down and feel it out to your fingertips and just talk to your friends make eye contact go on a date whatever it is just human interaction and and uh, people come in and say oh wow the I can't get a signal in here. I say, I know you can't get a signal in here. It's 1956. <laughs> so that's... So, uh, You're blocking it all exactly. out. Exactly. And see. All, all right. Hey, thanks. You bet. Thanks so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So much fun. Thanks to Martin Kate. Be sure to visit one of his bars next time you find yourself in San Francisco, Portland, Chicago, or San Diego. You can also head over to thebluegrasssituation.com for a link to the Smuggler's Cove playlist that they stream in the actual bar. Fire it up next time you throw a Polynesian party at your house. The Shift List is produced by me, Chris Jacobs. Our executive producer is Amy Reitenauer, with help, as always, from the entire BGS team, including associate editor Justin Hiltner, marketing guru Joseph Klingel, and all the amazing writers and contributors that make BGS the best source for roots culture redefined. Special thanks to RJB and Nick Sejas at Osiris Media. We're so happy to be a part of their family. Check out their entire roster of music and culture podcasts over at OsirisPod.com. If you love The Shift List, please, as always, leave us a review or rating over at iTunes.com slash The Shift List. I'm Chris Jacobs. Thanks, as always, for listening. <laughs>